called to the booth. I keep to leave here along with Harrison Sanford. We got my dog, two-time All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler, NFL OG, Andrew Whitworth on the show today, man. It's going to be a great conversation. You don't want to miss it. Paul, drop that beat. As Akeem alluded to, Andrew Whitworth is a four-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, and yet he still had his fair share uh, of humbling moments in the NFL, and Akeem chimed in on that as well. I'm Harrison Sanford. You know who that is. That's Akeem Tlaib. This call to booth. Make sure you stay tuned for that part of our interview. But before we do that, we got to address more current things that are happening in the NFL and things that are catching a, a buzz. Most recently is one, Timothy Tebow getting a contract and signing a deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I wonder, Akeem, how do you think the Jacksonville Jaguar locker room is going to take that? And, how, and what, are you, what are you hearing around the NFL community about that signing? Uh, I think it's just a, it's a, it's a culture play. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think uh, Irvin Meyer, he's trying to just, you know, create, come in and create a certain culture there, right? And... That's one of the guys who he created a, a culture with before, right? So I think he just – it's a culture play, right? He just want him to get in the locker room, man, his work ethic, how he look at the game of football, man. I think he just want that to rub off on a couple people, you know what I'm saying? The young guys, they know he's a celebrity, man. Tebow, the only guy who ain't played in major league, he ain't started. <laughs> he started one season, and he a super celebrity, right? Because it's his, it's his presence, man, just being around him. His presence is real. His work ethic is real. You know what I'm saying? His faith is real. So I think it's a culture play, man. I think that's why Urban Meyer brought him in, man, because he a great locker room guy, man. So I think I think that's the reasoning behind it. I don't think he think he's going to come in and be some top high-powered tight end. If he do, he do. But I think he's going he gonna to definitely try to be. So you, you've spent some time with him, uh, at least in New England. I just I just wonder, Akeeb, like mm -hmm. sometimes your work ethic can get you respect, correct? Right? But Sometimes, right? I feel like you you can elaborate on this. Isn't there a certain level of skill, performance before you can even get credit for your work ethic? Because you, man, you yeah, seen definitely. dudes and you seen practice squad dudes play hard, but did they get definitely. your respect? Like, I, I wonder definitely. how that plays out. I I think I think Tim Tebow, athlete now, he gonna he gonna be able to he gonna be physical and. He gonna be able to run routes and stuff. He he an athlete. He gonna be able to catch the ball, so he ain't gonna be too far behind none of the tight ends there. But I think your skills and, and the plays you making that get respect first. You know what I'm saying? But some guys who just work hella hard that turn into plays being made. You know what I'm saying? That's so hard work is respected too. Don't get me wrong. It's it's because what's not respected is guys who come and y'all just take it. Take, take it for granted, you know what I'm saying? You you don't really work hard, you don't study, you just here in the NFL. Them the kind of guys I'd be like, bro, I'm going to tell you straight up, you ain't going to be here long, bro. You better enjoy it. That's what I'm saying. I'd be too blunt sometimes with teammates because y'all don't respect it. I'd be telling you right now, like, bro, you're going to get cut, fam. You playing, you're going to be cut. I done told teammates, like, bro, you coming late, like, Doss, you is not lead. You can't do that. I done told them. You're going to get cut, bro. A couple days later, they come cut them. So I mean the the laziness is not respected, but guys who work hard, man, you you would be surprised how much respect guys who respect the game 
you would be surprised how much that's respected in the locker room. Mm. Uh, speaking of respect, I found it interesting. There was a there, there was a lot of discourse in social media this weekend uh, because uh, like t- like Tim Tebow did, he went and played baseball for a while. DK Metcalf uh, kind of spread his wings a little bit, did a track and field event, uh, placed tenth in a hundred meter re- in a hundred meter race. Um, what we, what was your take on that and him doing that in general? And what was your take on the discourse? Some people said it was good. Some people, some people were saying he shouldn't have done that. What was your whole viewpoint on that? Uh, well, I think, man, it's it's off season time, and you know he ain't he he a he an athlete, man. So he ain't really putting himself at risk or nothing. He running a hundred hundred meters, so I don't really see why he couldn't do it. You can do whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? Long as long as your team cool with it, his team must have been cool with it. I'm sure he had to okay it with his team. As long as they said it was cool, it was cool with me. And I thought it was amazing, man. He come out there, get out there, run a 10-3. He 240, you know what I'm saying? And he really not a track star. So I, I feel like he, if he was really wanted to be a track star, he'd be 220, 218, and he'd be winning the race. You know what I'm saying? He'd be top three if he lose 20 pounds. Easy, I, in my opinion. But, man, it was impressive in my eyes, man, impressive. I know what kind of athlete DK is. He can run a 10-3 and a 100. That make it even more impressive, man. So kudos to DK. If Aqib Tlaib wasn't one of the best defensive backs of his generation, yeah. what sport would he have played? Ali probably would have been an Allen Iverson type of point guard, man. I had a little I had a little hoop game, you know what I'm saying? Look, I might have been a center fielder, man, you know, all-star, an all-star type center fielder, bat 300, you know. Something I might have right. been a boxer. Look, I might have been a boxer, Harrison. I got real scrap. I got real, real boxing ability, man. So I don't know. Whatever I put my mind to, Harrison, I would have been rich. I would have been rich at it, whatever it would have been. I don't know what it would have been, though. I like I that. I dabble in the, a little bit of everything. I like that. And with that, and with that being said, um, there were reports of a, a potential scripted bout, a potential scrap between one Pac-Man Jones and Chad Johnson, but apparently Chad Johnson <laughs> backed out. Um, yeah. Thoughts? I heard. I heard. I heard about it, man. Elcho ain't want no smoke. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Pac-Man ain't playing no games out here, man. People know Pac-Man ain't playing no games. If he going to buy, he probably done already been in 100 regular fights. If he got to train and get ready for a fight, it's going to be a real fight. Ocho knew that. I don't think Ocho really want like a real, real fight. He want kind of like a, you know, a spar type. Pac-Man going to give him a real fight, man. So, you know, Ocho ain't really want no smoke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ocho, my dog. <laughs> well, with that being said, uh, we got to go to the Andrew Whitworth interview. Uh, you guys will enjoy it. Call to the booth. We got my dog. One of my big homies in the league, man. God respect a lot, man. He's still grinding, still going. Left tackle for the Rams. Andrew Whitworth, you know what I'm saying? What's up, Big Whit? What up, baby? What's up, Keith? I'm all good, man. What's how, how LA, man? You know, I miss it. You know what I'm saying? How's hey. treating you, baby? Weather good, body feel good. You know, I ain't got that cold no more. So I'm I'm good. Out there playing golf, working out, you know, hanging out. Getting man. to it. Getting to it. Getting to it. That's what's up, man. Y'all, y'all, I you already know how I feel about you personally, bro. You what you bring to that team. What you out there, you already know they're gonna be straight, man. Uh how you feel though coming to this? What you is, man? What what year is this for you? Man, year sixteen. You know, uh, 
Yes, it's it's long. Week hey, sixteen. <laughs> Woo. Uh, you're are 16. Uh, you know, one it's the body, and then two some of these young heads just just uh, <laughs> trying to hear what they're thinking about is uh, holy. It's it changes every year. It's totally different. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to stay man. sane. You got to stay sane in that locker room, man. But you know what I'm saying we entertainment for them boys because you know we got stories for days. You know what I'm saying they don't they don't get bored with our stories and shit neither. No, no, they want to know what a two a day is, or well, hold on, y'all wore pads twice in the same day. Like, yeah. <laughs> hold on, y'all ain't hold on, y'all ain't used to have to wear pads at all, like in your pants. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, I remember them days when I used to go yep. to practice with, with nothing but tights on, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Just my football pants, no pads, bro. They don't know nothing about that. Nope, nothing. It's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, for, for those in our audience, uh, back in my days covering the Bengals, Witt uh, was one of the best people in the locker room, and obviously uh, he's one of the, still one of the best offensive linemen in the league. And we're going to talk about some of your time uh, in Cincinnati as well, as you've been uh, a celebrated player in this league, two-time two-time All-Pro, four-time uh, Pro Bowler, three times in the top 100. So you've really been doing well on the field. Yes, sir. Uh, but la but last year. Well, you did suffer that torn meniscus. There is actually a video, or sorry, torn MCL. Uh, and there's a video actually of how you're trying to get back on the field and trying to get back to uh, the best form that you can. Uh, take us through uh, this video of you pushing this truck and, and what was behind it. Yeah, I mean, you know, just trying to find something to do. We've been working out because of COVID and all that. You know, we're working out at the house and I, just, I changed the garage into my gym and I got a bunch of the old <laughs> Bunch of the old line guys come over and we get after it. And one of the guys had a truck and we're like looking for something to do. So you're like leg day, let's do it. Why not? So I got my old self back there and started pushing, man. And hey. <laughs> next thing you know, I found a workout. That's it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You gotta hey, you gotta keep up with these boys, man. You see Kamara, he on he doing ballet on a physio ball, you know what I'm saying? We got hey. We got to find a way, bro, to keep up with I'm too, I'm too old to get, get all those contraptions connected to me. I don't know how them guys <laughs> even get in those positions. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, though. But body feel good, though. You know what I'm saying? Locker room good. Uh, state of the team good out there? Yeah, man, I feel good. You know, obviously, last year, you know, I actually ended up tearing my MCL and my PCL. And um, so, obviously, the PCL was a little more uh, of the of the challenge just because that's your stabilizer. So, uh, you know, it's a lot of strength in that. It's called the car wreck injury for a reason. And uh, so that, that part's been a challenge, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to coming back and, and being with the team. And, and obviously, we've had some change. And uh, you know what? I'm always down to ride. So we'll see what happens. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Would love to talk to you about Matthew Stafford and his addition to the team and as he replaces Jared Goff. But before before we go there, now you're talking about the injury with um, how much is that playing a factor into your determination to have a great season? Obviously, with your years in the league and your age, uh, you know, he made his retirement decision last year, and I think he's very much at peace with it. Uh, how are you evaluating how you want to close your career and, and is the absence of a Super Bowl ring? and you not wanting to go out, you know, on the back end of an injury, is that what's fueling you to come back and, and be the best version of yourself? Um, I think I just love the game still, and I still got the talent to play. I think Keith and I have had this conversation a lot. When you still got the skills and you love pl playing ball, uh, there's nothing better than that. And so I think it's one of those things that I know one day I'm going to wake up and those skills ain't going to be there. And it's going to be like, you know what? It's been a good ride. I gave it what I had, but I ain't got it no more. 
And uh, for now, while I still feel like I can do it, and I still feel like I can play at a certain level, to me, it's a certain level I got to be able to play at to still play. I want to just walk out there. And as long as I can still play at that level, then I'm in. But if not, you know what? I'm going to walk away and I'll be fine with it because I've I've always given it what I got. I've always been down with my teammates and just played ball and loved it. And I think to me, that's the only driving force. Obviously, a Super Bowl would be, the ring would be amazing, but. I don't really believe, I mean, I think guys can say that that's all they play for, but you play for a lot more than that because uh, that ring ain't helping you in week seven when you get rolled up, get up from a pile and, and uh, say, you know what, I'm going to take this next step at 39 years old. That ring don't mean jack to me right then. I can keep that thing. But you better be determined that you want to play this game every time you step on that field. And uh, that, to me, that's what matters. Hell yeah. I think I think you hit it on the head, bro. It's You know. It's, I feel like they go hand in hand. You know when when you don't want to play no more because you ain't playing at the same level no more, and you probably ain't playing at the same level no more because your body don't feel the same. You ain't as healthy, you know what I'm saying? So they go hand in hand, man. When, and you know you'll start feeling like this, and I'm starting to get beat. And you're like, ah, oh, nah, we got a standard. We, you feel me? We yep. got a standard. If we ain't at this standard, then I'm cool, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And, and that's what I was. I'm, Hey, as soon as I start feeling like I'm coming off that standard, I'm good. I'm out of here. Yep. It's been a great run. <laughs> Look, I'm happy hey. with it. You know what I'm saying? Left tackles and lockdown corners is the same thing. You know that island's going to exist. And uh, the, exactly. moment you say, the moment you say it in your head, man, I don't want to be on that island right here, it's probably time to go, right? It's time like, to go, baby. <laughs> like, hey, if I start I'll having that feeling, I need to ride. We always say that, man. O, o- linemen and DBs, it's the same, bro. We, we got to be on the same page. We we kind of we don't know what the D, they don't know what the D lineman doing we don't know what the receivers doing you know what I'm saying we gotta work I gotta work with the dude next to me it's like we the same you feel me we gotta be together it's like why you see the O line you see the DBs you might see a running back walking by himself you might see a receiver walking by himself O lineman and DBs they always together bro I'm telling you got to nobody wants to get caught on that summer uh, summer jam screen for sure uh, wit uh, as we as we look back at Speaking of somebody actually who's going to be on the Summer Jam screen, uh, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, uh, they're the stars now in Cincinnati as we you know, look back at your career. Uh, and you kind of started that pipeline of LSU players to going to Cincinnati, going to the jungle, as they would call it. Uh, what, as you look from afar, uh, what do you see from potentially Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and that you know, T. Higgins there as well? Uh, what do you see from that? trio and just in general what are your thoughts about where that franchise might be going because i know you probably still hold it uh near to your heart for as long as you played there yeah i mean i think obviously uh the lsu pipeline uh that they've started to kind of create is is a good thing and i think you see when teams start having success in college football uh pro teams start noticing i mean much with alabama and other schools and they say hey you know what there's a reason these teams are winning and I think uh, Joe Burrow is no different than that. I mean, that dude is uh, really special. I had the opportunity when I was injured this offseason. I mean, this season, uh, he actually, you know, got injured as well and was out here and had his surgery. And I reached out to him, didn't really know him, just knew we had a similar past and said, hey, man, you know, we want to come some Sunday and chill with me and I'd love to get to know you or whatever. So he came and we watched some games together. And uh, it, was, it was a cool, cool opportunity to sit with him and just hear how he worked and how he ticks. And he's different. Uh, he's he's going to be a special one, that's for sure. So I'm sure he's real happy to get his number one weapon when he's in college. And, you know, those relationships, just like we talked about with DBs and, and O-Lam, and I happen to have that fit in that relationship. Quarterbacks and receivers, man, the ones that vibe together, 
just yeah. it always seems to be like it hooks up and it works. It's whatever it is that just works when they when they have a feeling for each other and understand one another. So I would imagine Joe and Jamar is going to be a pretty pretty special uh, group of guys because uh, both of them are talented and both of them seem to be wired different. We still didn't get to uh, Carson Palmer. Uh, Carson Palmer, who you were with in the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, it's a similar situation with Aaron Rodgers, uh, who might be trying to force his way out of Green Bay. Can you take us back to that time in Cincinnati and what it was like and what? how did you view all the maneuvering that was taking place? Yeah, it was tough, man. I mean, you really look at it, that franchise uh, for us, it was different. We, we hadn't won much. We'd, we'd had one winning season where we won the division in 09 um, and then had a really bad year in 2010. And I think some things happened between ownership and Carson or management or whatever, and he got upset. And I think for me, like seeing it now, I have a much different view of it, I think. Not not much different, but a little bit. Uh, I can understand a little bit of the frustration of some of the things better now that he was going through uh, after my time there. Um, but it was really tough at the time because he was like, you know, he was the highest paid player on the team in a market where in Cincy ain't nobody getting paid. So you making all the money basically. And, you know, and it was kind of one of those things where, you know, really our success was going to be driven off of him being there. At least that's what we thought. And so as a young guy, I mean, he was our captain. I was looking up to him and like at that, I'm sure there's some young guys in green Bay that don't understand the situation right now. And so I would look up to him and think, Hey, you know what? Like, I don't, I don't understand, you know, like I, to me, like just how I was like, how I came up, like, it's like you walking out on us. Right. Like that's, that's how I felt. Right. Right. Cause you don't understand the business part of it yet when you're that young. So I, I can say that to me, I learned so much leadership stuff, so much stuff from like how to do things from Carson always looked up to him, but I can say to me, it hurt, man. I was upset. I was not happy about it. I wasn't cool with it at the time because I looked up to the dude and like, that's who I was like, man, if this is the guy, like he's getting paid, he's the person I'm told runs the show and like, they're walking out on me. So to me, it felt like one of my boys is walking out on us going to fight. Right. That's, that's how I looked at it. You know, now I can see where there's things maybe that I didn't understand, but you know, at the time, I think it's harder. It's probably going to be a lot easier for the veteran players to understand the situation and a lot harder for the young players. You know, but I, but I think the difference that I would say where I'll give Aaron credit is that Aaron's at least, you know, from what you can see from the guys that have talked, at least talk to guys. Like he's right. kind of like, hey, I'm going to say where I'm at. Where I wasn't cool with Carson, his situation, like, and all the respect for him, like guys didn't have any clue where he was at. Like, you know, like he was just like, hey, I ain't coming. I'm not talking to nobody. I'm out. Like, peace. You know, and so I think that was a tougher situation than this one is. This is a little more, uh, everyone can tell that the Packers have done Aaron Rodgers pretty bad in the sense of like, not not payment, but you can tell they ain't giving him any help. I mean, we can look at the draft and we can easily solve that argument, pretty simple, mm -hmm. and how they've done things. So I, I think this one's pretty more out in the open. And so I think it's gonna be a different situation, but I still bet there's a lot of young guys there that don't understand. Definitely, it's, it's, it's definitely young guys there who, all they see is the cash. You make this cash. I see what yeah. you do on the daily, bro. Why? What? What? What else can he complain about? It's I kind of look yeah. at it like that. But like you said, man, there's a whole bunch of stuff that go into that stuff, man. But you know, yeah. somebody gets tired of being there. He burnt out. The relationship is like a relationship. You know what I'm saying? Once it's over, <laughs> once it's lumps in it, and it's you know what I'm saying, get ruffled. It's it never stops, yeah. man. So that's the business side. Yeah, I mean, you know, I understand it because I, you know, when I became a free agent, you know, after eleven years in Cincy, gave my heart and soul there. I remember, you know, because of things that had happened in the two years prior to that, like 
it was basically like, hey, you guys are going to have to recruit me like you never met me before or I'm exactly. leaving. Because or somebody else could get me. This is where the relationship is at this point, you know? And so I think that that's what I understand better now is, is that point right there that Keith just made. Is that it is like a relationship. And when it starts to sour and end, people yeah. just want out. And that's, that's it. it. Simple as that. But speaking of quarterbacks, though, man, we got a new quarterback in town in L.A. You know what I'm saying? My dog, JG, man, he was our, he was our brother. You know what I'm saying? But, yep. hey, business is business. We all know that. We know how the business go. Stafford in the door, JG gone, man. How big wit feel about it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's always tough when you lose somebody that uh, means a lot to you in this game. But, you know, as you and I both know, when you play long enough, you see crazy stuff happen mm -hmm. every single year in the league. And uh, it's the one thing you can count on is uh, you're going to lose teammates and teammates are going to move somewhere else and crazy stuff's going to happen. So, you know, it's one of those situations. And then now here where we are with, with Stafford in the building, obviously a guy you, you watch from afar and you know, man, what a talent he is and, and uh, just a man. I mean, you've seen this dude play some tough stuff. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously wired up the right way. Uh, hasn't had, you know, really the teams probably as, as the talent level he's played with, you know, has struggled at times and throughout his career. You know, they're really putting together a winner there. But, uh, man, the dude can sling it. He can play and he's tough as nails. So, It'll be it'll be fun to get to know him and, and get out there together and see what happens. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm I'm excited to see, man. I I ain't gonna say I was a huge fan of the of the, of the switch, but you know, it, Matt Stafford is Matt Stafford. You know what I'm saying? So he done put in enough work where you know he get in the right situation, he could do his thing. So I know I know how that machine roll that Sean got going. I know I know how that machine goes. So I'm excited to see him. You know what I'm saying? Under center for y'all boys. And uh, I'm ready to see what y'all boys gonna do, man. It's it's them teams who be right there. That's how I go. Them teams they be right there. They be right there. They be right there. Then eventually one year, boom, they hop over that hump. So I'm excited for y'all boys. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, you look at the matchup of a of a veteran, mature quarterback with Sean. You know, yeah. and really the way he thinks. I mean, I think that's something that uh, you know it really when you go down, you can you can fight the trade and all those things a million different ways. But when you really look at it, it is is kind of how Sean wants to roll and how he wants to do things. A veteran yeah. be that's kind of been through a lot of stuff and can handle all the complexities of everything he wants to do right now, right in this moment, because Sean's a right now guy. Right. Uh, you know, I think it, you know, it could be a good marriage for sure. Yeah, Matthew Stafford and you guys are going to have uh, a tall task at hand. Akeem and I have talked about it often, and this was last year, and I think it's only going up. Your division with is tough. Uh, Akeem, yeah. can you just give him your breakdown of the NFC West, and then if you can give him your your kickback on it. Man, I say I say the NFC West, Kyle and them right there too. They 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 putting something together right there in Arizona. They right there too. You know what I'm saying? It's it's it's, it's gonna be on Kyle's shoulders. You know what I'm saying? If he get hurt, if he down, he injured a little bit. They gonna look like they looked at the end of last year. And when he rolling, they look like they look at the beginning of last year. So we already know Seattle and San Fran. They could they can catch fire and be the number one seed at any time. Same with the Rams. Now we got a vet quarterback in, man. So I honestly think NFC West and NFC East going to be the teams this year. I don't know why I keep thinking NFC East going to jump out. It, that division just never sorry that long. You know what I'm saying? It's, if everybody stay healthy from all them teams, I think they're going to be good. But I, I think it's going to be the NFC West, NFC East who, who have all – they're going to have the number one seeds. They're going to represent the whole wild card. Going to come from them two divisions, man. Them the, them the best two divisions. In football, I mean, in the, in the in the NFC, in my opinion, gonna be this year. So, NFC West, I like three teams to go, three teams to to uh, represent in the tournament. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think you look at our division, man. It's it's uh, this is going to be when you really look like when I played in the NF the AFC North at one time. I mean, Pittsburgh and Baltimore and everybody was so good. Right. And, you know, it's like but they were kind of wired all similar. Like what I think is really interesting about this NFC West is, man, you got four teams that are good and they're all way different than each other. Like they all kind of do stuff differently. Like they might right. be more defensive structured, offensive structured you know, everything, you got a little bit of every kind of team in it. And that's what's interesting to me. I mean, people forget, you know, you give San Fran the credit for the injuries this past season, but people forget that Arizona beat them healthy on healthy to start the right. season last year. Yeah, you know did. what I mean? It's like, you know, so that's how far Arizona was when they were rolling and how loaded San Fran came into the season, you know, they beat them. And, it, and, you know, it's one of those things where it's like anybody in our division can go and it's just who's going to get hot because everybody's got defensive players. Everybody's got some offensive weapons. It's like uh, which team comes out and then gets hot and maybe gets the schedule the right way, which will be interesting right. coming this week. Who stay healthy? I, man, I think all four teams, it's like if you're healthy and the schedule works out right, man, they got a chance to make a run. Wait, actually looking at that NFC West, I mean, the pass blocking uh, – assignments that you might have i mean it's there's some great talent obviously we already know what the 49ers do on the defensive side of the ball you got your guy carlos dunlap uh over in seattle you got jj watt now uh with the arizona cardinals um chan jones oh, yep Chandler. there you yeah, go uh, before we get to your top five pass rushers and top five offensive linemen i want to know what has been your favorite pancake block moment Oh, man. Uh, you know, I'll try and spare the DBs because I don't feel like that's fair. You know, <laughs> hey, like I was that. just going to ask you, uh, Wait, don't don't say it was a DB, Wait, please. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I've had a lot of fun ones over the years. I think probably like two of my all-time favorite uh, probably blocks, probably more sentimental than like the play, is uh, my first NFL start ever. Um, as Well, not my first start, my first start left tackle ever. Uh, my rookie year, I played against uh, Mike Rucker and Julius Peppers with the Panthers back when they had Chris Jenkins and all them. They were unbelievable on defense. Right. And uh, I remember we had like a lead play and I pancaked uh, Mike Rucker. Now, it's a total rookie story. I pancaked him. I remember like being who I am. I'm standing over like screaming at him, like talking smack. <laughs> like I'm feeling good. Two plays later, we call the same play, and he okie dokes me and just whoop, like completely whiffed. He blows a running back in the backfield. He's like, "Talk now, Rook." And I'm like, yeah. "Oh man!" But hey, I had my moment for like yeah. for like three minutes. I was shining. I'll never forget right? it. <laughs> for three minutes, I was on top of the world. But that that's one of them. And then uh, I got a pretty good one. Albert Hainsworth, when he was uh, hit, when he was his last year in Tennessee before he signed that huge deal with the Redskins. Uh, I got him really nasty on a, on a play action pass where I actually picked him up and body slammed him. And uh, <laughs> we ended up getting a huge brawl. But anyways, uh, that ended up being like probably my favorite all timer, just because that was like my, you know, I was starting to play really good, getting some notoriety. And it was like, he was on top of the world. That was his contract year. And um, it was like, I, I came, you know, had this moment with him where I pancake him and everybody goes crazy and we get in a big fight. And it was like a cool moment of like, coming up and people starting to respect your game. So that's probably my favorite. Akeem, I'm going to need to know now, uh, what was your worst moment getting pancaked by an offensive lineman? <laughs> it's probably my vivid in your memory. It, it, I don't remember who it was, though. 
I don't remember who it was though. <laughs> but one time, like Big Wit, so you know, they pull around, y'all pull around, right? What we gonna do, Big Wit? We gonna try to hit y'all legs, right? 100%. So I can't remember who it was, but boom, they pulled around. I'm like, damn. As soon as it happened, I'm like, you always like, damn, I gotta do it, right? I go to try to hit his legs, right, Harrison? And he like ready for it, so he just crushed me. It wasn't really no pancake, bro, but I was like on my knees, and he crushed me, bro. Hurt both of my hamstrings on one play. <laughs> he like crushed me in the ground. I, I was like I was like a can, bro. Boom. He like crushed me like a can. I was like ah, hurt both of my hamstrings up high. Came off the field like both of my hamstrings like a lineman just put me down, bro. I was down. I was in Tampa. I can't remember who the, the lineman was, but I never forget the play, Harrison. Crush me like a can, bro. Speaking of lines, man, what you think about the Chiefs O-line transactions they made this? We seen, we seen what they did in the Super Bowl, man. We knew they needed some help. What you think about what they put together over there? I think it's really good. I mean, I think that uh, that would have been one of the guys, uh, Orlando Brown Jr., that, uh, man, he, he's a young, up-and-coming player who can he can play, man. And he's, you know, that trade's going to be huge for them. Adding some of those pieces they did inside with really good guards with Long and then Thune and, I mean, you know what, I, th I think that they're going to have an opportunity where, I mean, as, as good as we've seen Patrick Mahomes, as good as we said this offense is, man, now you're talking about a big physical offensive line that's going to give him time. I mean, I think that's kind of scary in my book, honestly. I, I mean, I think that, you know, not that the guys before, I'd say that Mitchell Swartz was a fantastic pass protector and a good right. football player, you know. Um, and I would say that really now, though, he's going to have not just a good group, but like a group that could be special every week and really be like a reason they win. And you give a special QB like him that, man, um, they're going to be a tough offense to deal with for a lot of reasons. But now to say that up front, they can also move <laughs> folks and everything else, that's scary. Uh, they're they're going to be really good. But you also knew that's, that's one of the reasons they were going to struggle in the Super Bowl, just because when you right. lose two dynamic tackles like that one you might could figure out a way to slide protect and help but you lose that second tackle that second corner to where you can't help either direction right Woo! you know what uh it's gonna be a long day it's gonna and, be you're uh, gonna be hard pressed winning that game boy yeah it, it's gonna be tough that's for sure especially when you play a team like tampa that had two good edge rushers now you're right. in trouble when you can't help one or the other we talked about the rams and i can't believe we've talked so so long and we still have it Reflected on the Super Bowl, man. Uh, how can what sticks out to you from that Sunday? Uh, I'll let Wick go first. Uh, you know what? I think one of the things biggest, really, from the week and the whole experience, like people can tell you about it all they want, and they can say, "Oh man, like you're gonna, this is gonna happen, that's gonna happen." But like until you live that week, you got no idea what Super Bowl week's <laughs> like. It's just unbelievable. I can remember like through the week, just trying to figure out like, dang, like the schedule and how weird everything was. I'm like, where am I? Like, right. you don't think you're playing in a game. It's like, what's, I don't know what this is. This feels like high school all-stars or something, you know? Right. Like, and it was wild, but then also just playing in the game, you can see why like somebody like, not not anything against, obviously Tom Brady's amazing, Belichick's amazing, Patriots have been really good, but you can see why they do well when they go. Because if you haven't been through it, it is an experience that like with a little bit of understanding what that week's like and how that game plays, there's an advantage to that. There's an advantage to knowing how that week works because it is wild, man. I, I just, it's like a whirlwind. It's hard for me to even like 
put the whole week in perspective. I mean, the long ass halftime, like the the long breaks in between the game, right. the game, all of it's just this. It's one of the weirdest games I've ever played in, but also the most amazing from just the everything that you're there and, and the pinnacle of where you're at in your career and, and your game, you know, your season, you know, to get to that moment was insane. But uh, it's hard to put in words what that game's like unless you've actually done it. Do you, do you remember having any moments with Wit? Like, you're boosting up your guy who's getting his first crack at a Super Bowl. Like, do you remember any any individual moments that maybe just with guys like Wade who are just getting their first crack at it? Obviously, you having won in Super Bowl 50. Nah, I don't really. It's, like we said, there's so much going on, Harrison. You really, you ain't got time to worry about nobody else. You know what I'm saying? Even it being my second one, I feel like I had my plan more in order. So, you know what I'm saying? I, it was, I just tried to make sure that the DBs make sure everybody know what we doing, man. Throughout the week, I just got to make sure, man. Make sure y'all niggas standing. Make sure y'all boys studying y'all iPads, man. We Make sure we know our checks. I just tried to make sure we kept football on our mind, you know what I'm saying, with the young guys. You know what I'm saying? I, ain't, I really can't do it with Witt. It was Witt's job to do it with the offense, with the rest of them, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So I'm trying to do that with the defense, just make sure we keep some football. Of course, we going to have fun. Of course, guys going to move around early in the week. But we got to just keep football on our mind, but – Losing that game though, Harrison. The main thing that I like remember when I think about that game is is how locked in, bro. Both both sides was like you know what I'm saying. It's you got to be locked in. Every little play mattered so much. You know what I'm saying in that Super Bowl, and there ain't too many mistakes. It was it wasn't too many mistakes in the game. And that last drive, we made that one mistake, lean this way when we should have leaned this way, and boom, they catch that pass, and whoop, that's all it take. You know what I'm saying? It's just how many few mistakes it was in that game. That's what I remember, man, on both sides of the ball, honestly. Yeah, it really was. I mean, you look at it like for them, that drive, and then the drive, actually like two drives before that offensively, we have a huge long run into their territory, and it gets called back on, on kind of a, one of those where the NFL tells you, sorry, we called holding, you know, right. one, either our center or our guard type, you know, a big run that like changes the whole complexity of the game, you know. It's like so a it's big like, punch in a fight, you know what I'm saying? That's going to stumble you a little bit. We need that. Yeah, we down in their territory for the first times. And, you know, it's, it's just – it's one of those things in that game, man, it really does come down to so many little tiny things that – that yeah. uh, it's just – that's why I say, like, if you've been through it or you've been in that moment and just handle a couple little things better than the other team, you got such a chance to win that game. It's an advantage. Hell, yeah. You still have more games to play with. So, you know, you could still have this moment or your best moment. Uh, but I wonder – what is, what would you classify is, as uh, your top career moment so far? Oh, man. Uh, man, it's been a long ride. But it's, you know what, there's been a lot of cool moments. Obviously, I think achievement is always, like, going to be your favorites, right? So probably either, like, playing in, you know, one of my first Pro Bowls, like, just from being in that moment, because that was back when it was still in Hawaii, so it, it was still, like, an awesome experience to go. Um, and then, uh, obviously winning an FC championship to go to the Super Bowl. you know, for me, like a lot of people don't even realize this, but for me, I won three state championships in high school in the Superdome. I won the national championship at LSU in the Superdome and to go there and win the NFC championship to go to the Super Bowl outside of them hosting the Super Bowl, uh, that would like, to me, it's like, I couldn't have done more in that one building that I grew up playing in since I was a little kid. So like for me, like the moment of winning some a championship at every level of sports in that building uh, was pretty pretty cool moment for me for sure. That's, That's dope. Hard. 
That's that's, that's real say. fire. Hey, Akeem, what's your favorite? What's your favorite place to play? What 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 arena, field, stadium has that significance to you? Uh, oh, favorite place to play probably was Denver. I ain't gonna lie, man. Denver shit. Even when I was in in New England, coming to play Denver, I used to be like Denver crazy, bro. Like first of all, you can't breathe, and then it's loud as hell. It's it's a nice ass atmosphere up there in Denver. Then actually when I got there and they was cheering for us and I really get the max of an NFC championship game. I saw how loud that building got. Probably I gotta I gotta say Denver. That's it was my home field, but that's that's definitely was my favorite place to play. Hey that's big wit man. I appreciate it bro. But hey I miss y'all boys man for real. Miss you too man. Appreciate it.